This episode of LedgerCast is going to be a great one. It's brought to you by Matcha. Go to ledgerstatus.com slash matcha to check it out. It is a fantastic way to trade. You can go on there for aggregated uh, liquidity from all the different swaps, Uniswap and SushiSwap and everywhere else. Matcha is made by the folks at ZeroX. It's an outstanding tool with a great user experience, and it's the easiest way to trade crypto on a DEX. Try it out today. Go to ledgerstatus.com slash matcha. Thanks so much to Masha for being a Ledger Status partner. Now let's get to this outstanding episode with Ash Drake. Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I am uh, starting an interview series today and I'm excited about our first guest. We're kicking this off with somebody who is uh, famous in crypto or infamous in some ways, maybe for uh, the most famous tweet of the entire uh, bull market for the last market. We've got Ash Drake on the phone. How's it going, Ash Drake? Hello, hello, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, you know, some of our listeners who are familiar with all of the mania around 2017, um, they will know you purely because you are uh, you you put a tweet out there on December 28th, 2016, and said, wait for the bounce, then short the corn. And where I want to kick off is, I mean, for you to get to that point, all of us make different calls, various calls about bullishness or bearishness and whatnot. Um, what, what You'd been in Bitcoin for a long time. You'd been trading for a long time. I want to ask you, first off, what got you into that headspace that day? I don't know. <laughs> That's... <laughs> That I think that was like one of my last tweets before I uh, before I left. Yeah, if, if I'm not recalling correctly, so I I don't think I did any any analysis on that. I was like, okay, sure the bounce. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's go with what we know. Yeah. Um, so in terms of you know, you'd been trading. When did you start trading crypto? In two thousand. 14 January. Something. Okay. So January 14 and I'm going to I'm going to open up a chart for people that do see this. Uh just so we can get some context for where you were throughout, you know, throughout your crypto journey. Um and so that we can kind of learn more about what you had experienced uh throughout uh an entire market cycle already. Um so January 2014 was close to the bottom of the entire market uh or no no, no that was the top was like, close to the top it yeah. was january 2015 that was the bottom so your first year in crypto was essentially having gotten interested in it at the top of the 2013 market cycle and then kind of living through that first downtrend uh and then by the time you made that tweet at the uh in 2016 it was basically back to the highs where it had come from right yeah 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 uh, so talk to me about like how did how did you get into it in the first place? Um, how did and what was it like living through that bear market? Well, I got into it by uh, I saw the movie The Wolf on Wall Street, and when I got home, I was like, "Well, I need to." I actually googled trading penny stocks or something like that, and uh, <laughs> there was a, like this a bit chart with Bitcoin or something appeared. And I was like, what, what is this? 
and it was basically oh it what it went from a hundred dollars to like a thousand like the ultimate penny stock right so i was like oh man this this can go to 10k let's get in <laughs> <laughs> and and i bought like my first bitcoin i think i bought at like 700 700 something or 800 or something i mean close close to after it started dumping yeah so it went to 1k and then for like the 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 those weeks then it started going minus 30% back to all time high minus 30% you know it was very up and down yeah and i got in somewhere around there around 700 and of course i uh, and i saw bitcoin was not really moving that much i went into the altcoins into the dogecoin i was on the dogecoin train yeah so what uh is, is that where you started to really you know get your feet under you from a trading perspective is uh yeah. getting into altcoins and uh Dogecoin yeah yeah, yeah. And others? because because like bitcoin was not doing anything like compared to to how it went to a 1000 the the next half a year after it it was only going lower and lower and lower and you you couldn't make money on it so i was like okay let's go into the altcoins because they were getting advertised i was on twitter and everybody was yelling dogecoin this uh, some other coin that this went this was a dollar now it's ten dollars you know <laughs> yeah so it's like oh penny stocks uh, version 2 2.0 let's go and I, I went into the altcoin market and do all the altcoins well you basically bought like cheap and rode the hype wave there wasn't any technical analysis or whatever doing i basically didn't even know how to read the chart I was like, if it's green, it's good. If it's red, <laughs> so you're pl- not that good. Essentially, playing the momentum of the uh, of the cycle. Yeah, I was playing the hype. I was I was always an emotion trader. Yeah, and it sounds uh, like the altcoin cycle after the twenty whatever late twenty thirteen high during that twenty fourteen bear market. The uh, Whereas in 2018, you know, alts just kind of got killed after the bull market. Um, yeah. It sounds like when you were when you were getting interested in trading, um, Bitcoin may have been going down or sideways or you know, like going through the grind. But altcoins still had stuff going on. People were still speculating. They just weren't really. It, it speculating was on the, the the first big altcoin cycle. Yeah, that that was the the late. I'm not sure if you were there. Back in the in that time, I had vague awareness of Bitcoin going back to 2012, but I didn't dig into everything that was going on and altcoins and everything else until the as you were exiting the market, I was entering. Yeah, so so basically during that time, it was like the the big the big altcoin boom. Like you had everything, like the USB keys, the the hats. You you had altcoins that like basically were sending you hats to your doorstep or something as promotional <laughs> material yeah i swear 
and basically there was everything under the sun with like custom wallets and whatever like all the all the all the altcoins on the various different chains you know and basically the the way it went was nobody knew nothing about trading like there was a bunch of people that came in when bitcoin was a thousand dollars and they got uh, swamped into the altcoin market because they they came in with the okay this is a ponzi and we need to to make money so basically gambler gambling style yeah, and honestly, after a cycle like Bitcoin had from 2000, well, I mean, its entire history, really, but, uh, you know, early 2012, up until that top at $1,000, the types of multiples that were experienced there, you almost couldn't be an entrant during any of that time and then think, like, I know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> because those types, yeah, of, yeah. those types of moves, so the mindset is much more of a gambler or a penny stock player or um, you know, somebody that kind of understood the the Ponzi-nomics like you, like you mentioned there. Yeah, 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 because it, it was moving too fast. Like, it, it had no comparison to stocks. Like, right now you can see Tesla going 100 bucks a day or something crazy, you know? And so you have that crazy, crazy moves again. But back then, like, stocks went to 3 5%. Yeah, and Bitcoin was like fifteen percent a day, and then another day, another fifteen percent, and another day, another fifteen percent. I was like, what? The, what? What is this? So it it was it was more of a penny stock because you had, well, I like to call them shit shit coins, but whatever yeah. floats your boat. That were like, okay, now this is worth. So we were trading them in satoshis, right. So this is 200 Satoshi. I didn't even know how much that was in US dollars. I was like, okay, how many Satoshis is this? 200, okay. How many Satoshis will this be after a week? Well, 10K. Perfect, I buy. So most people weren't even denominating into into dollars. They were denominating into BTC. So everybody, everything was done to acquire more BTC. Or Bitcoin. Did you have a general um, macro view of like you were fundamentally bullish on Bitcoin because of you know the whatever the narrative was about a deflationary asset and all that? Was that stuff established, or were you were you trading against Bitcoin because that's just the only trading pairs that existed, or what was what was how, how did you think about it in that in that regard? I didn't think of it as any man. I I didn't know anything about the. <laughs> Like I didn't know anything about the the market. I didn't know anything about the stock market. So I came from like a, a developer, developer, yeah. like a front end developer background. I was doing JavaScript or something, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I had zero knowledge of markets. I didn't like. I I knew there were would have been twenty one million coins, but like I didn't know what inflationary or deflationary was you know right like all all this economic knowledge i had no idea i knew one thing okay we need to get more btc because we can change btc to us dollars and then we change us dollars to whatever chinese stuff on (laughs) my desk yeah so you were you were purely looking at it in terms of that's the trading pair that's available to me and then i can take that bitcoin and that the the bitcoin's the 
on-ramp and the off-ramp. It's not the, uh, but it's not like, oh, I need X number of Bitcoin from a, because I want to hodl these until, you know, it goes to 10K or 100K. No, or no, no, man. I was like, this shit is going to zero. <laughs> so given that in mind, now let's trade these altcoins and then get it out of there and, and move it over. Did that narrative ever change or did you maintain that same philosophy as it started climbing back up? Because I imagine you were learning all these lessons, trading altcoins, trying to increase the amount of Bitcoin that you had so that you could cash out all the way down, you know, so Bitcoin's going your first buys in the seven, eight hundreds, you know, yeah, what were you thinking as it approached like 200, 300? What's your, what's your mindset through that as you're trading? My, my mindset was shit. This is going to zero. <laughs> so were you already because, trying to get out or what is how? What yeah, was the yeah, process? yeah, yeah. So the process was this shit is going to zero because of the FBI is going to take it down. The United States government is going to take it down the chain will get hacked or it will not be secure or the exchanges will get rug pulled and will be Mount Gox because I, I saw the Mount Gox uh, scandal. It was like, man, this, this is not going to happen. Like there are no big players involved. This is going to zero. And this belief was reinforced all across like the entire 2014 it, it it went to like 170 bucks. Yeah. So I was, oh, this is going to zero. Let's uh, sell. Okay, so this is still going down. Let's sell some more. Now, the problem was in, two, in 2015, it stopped going to zero. And I was like... Mm. Yeah, so it's kind and of sta- how- stabilized between 200 and $300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it had some crazy, and every time it went up, I was like, okay, wait, wait for the top, wait for the top. Is this the top? Yes, shorted. Okay, now it goes back to zero. <laughs> and it went to like 200 again, and I was like, well, this is not going to zero. Well, maybe next time. And like this, 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 it did this BS 200, 300, like all, all to through 2015. Yeah, there are like probably three big swings there that I'm looking at on this chart between 200 and 300 where it range traded. So you were trading that when you went to, would you short it, go to dollars and then come back in, or was this all in? uh, No, it was, it was all on uh, OkCoin. OkCoin. 10x. Yeah. Um, so back when the Chinese exchanges were still there. Yeah. So playing on margin on OKCoin and other Chinese exchanges where you could get long or short, and yeah. you were playing those cycles. Um, did you ever get to a point to where you changed your mindset and said, "Okay, now it's not going to zero? Because I mean, obviously, you stuck around all the way until it got back to the highs. Um, did it yeah, ever so- shift? No, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean it, it, that was the entire problem. It didn't, I didn't change my mindset. So I was like, this is going to zero, and this belief got reinforced for like a year, and then all those bounces in two, 2015 were still going down, and then we had that low around sub 200, and I was like, now this time goes to zero. 
and then it bounced back. And then it went to like 500 or something, and then it went straight down to like 280. And then I was like, now it's going to go to zero. But it kept like each week after it dumped, it kept going up. So I was like, well, I don't know what to do with this. So I kind of went shorted it all the way up. <laughs> so you, you, when it broke that range, I'm essentially putting some boxes on this to, because your, your mark, your crypto life was essentially this three year span, which is yeah. for what it's worth. I mean, that's a long time to be in crypto. I've been in crypto about four years now and you know, you get hardened to markets after a while, right? Especially as you live through a bear market. Um, and it sounds like you were really shaped by seeing the huge parabolic move up, having this mindset of, you know, watching Wolf of Wall Street, let's go get involved in some of these crazy penny stock-like things. And then you watch it go down for a year straight while you trade absolutely insane altcoins that were probably doing 10x, 100x, and then going to zero themselves, and you're popping in, yeah. playing the pumps, right? Yeah. So do you think that that just cemented your mindset that this was all just a sham and you were trying to take advantage of it while you could? I think I was a bit on the too young scale. I was a bit of a retard, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it, I thought, honestly, I when I came into this, I had no idea how economics work. Like I, I, I was doing accounting, so I knew, okay, you have to have something go in and then equivalent must come out either as costs or as profits, you know? So I was, I had some economic knowledge, but like the accounting part, not the investment part, so yeah. to speak. So I had, honestly, I absolutely had no idea what I was doing. I mean, for the most part of t- 2014, it was basically, okay, we short it. Does it appear to be at a high enough place now? Yes. Okay, short it. Like on, on small leverage. Wow. And, oh, I'm in the, I'm in the red because it, it went a bit against me. But I was like, well, it's going to go down anyway, so who cares if it goes a bit against me? If it starts going, I, I was thinking, oh, it goes up, so this means I can short it higher. Okay, so you were always on the short side. Did you ever play the long side on Bitcoin, or was no, that no? Okay. No, I mean I did try to play it a few times, but I got burned badly. Yeah, like I was trying to catch knives when it was like dumping like two hundred or three hundred dollars mm-hmm. around the, the around the the winter of. Uh, the 2014 when it dropped to like 150 or something on Bitfinex. So I was trying to catch knives on it on OkCoin and I lost, I lost, lost a lot of money trying to catch knives because I went, okay, this is not going to go below 200. I was like, okay, okay, this is a scam, but maybe not below 200. So I was like, okay, let's go 10x long around 180. And it went and margin called me. I was like, okay, that was dumb. 
And then, of course, the market bounced back. Because yeah, I mean, that you were basically on the very bottom. Like anyone, yeah, yeah. anyone would have dreamed of that position, but you got liquidated instead. Yeah, I got liquidated. I, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> so I was like, well, going long doesn't work. Going short made me a lot of money. So I guess we go short. So, you- so basically that cemented the idea of going short makes money. Going long loses money. When Bitcoin was in that range in 2015 where you you know you were deciding you want to play the short side, um, were you still playing altcoins at that time or was that kind of game over? Uh, the altcoins, you know, the altcoins, they, they were like big in 2014 because there were a lot of people that came in that they wanted the next Bitcoin. Yeah, that wanted the next Bitcoin. And they didn't know much about things. And they basically got cleaned up by people that had more than two neurons yeah. stuck together in their heads, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, this scam dev is going to do uh, the next Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, maybe not. But, okay, well. So they got cleaned up. So the 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 retail money, so to speak, like the you know when when something goes up a lot and you start seeing it in the news, you can bet money on the fact that there will be like this random guy that sits at home and watches CNBC or whatever financial program you have, go like mm, maybe I need to invest my money into this, you know, right? as it's near, like, after he did the parabolic move, you know? Yeah. And you know that guy exists. And you know that guy is going to put money on it, and then he's going to complain that he lost all his uh, savings. So, basically, the, the money, the new money that came in to Bitcoin, and then after Bitcoin started going down, migrate to the altcoin space, Basically, that money got cleaned up because there were like the the dark cash, zero cash, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. That was its name. It like it went pretty huge. What and became it Dash, went, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the thing before that, right? Where Dash evolved from. Yeah, yeah. So that that thing went pretty huge. Like it, it had like uh, some volumes of transactions that were like the second highest after Bitcoin per day for, for like a small period of time. Like everybody was, was doing that. So they went into there, they got cleaned there, they got cleaned on all the other alts that the the coin either went to zero or the dev scammed everybody because scams were were a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not that there aren't any scams <laughs> yeah. now, but... Yeah. We, we've, seen well, a, a, we've seen a bunch of them recently, but it's um, they're most prevalent in a in a more nascent part of the market. With if you've seen some of the DeFi stuff going on and yeah. Uniswap, which feels yeah, yeah. a lot more like what it used to be back then, where it's much easier to just list random crap on whatever exchange. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, of course, the, you can right, do that. The, the fee and the R, 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 ERC tokens. Yeah. It's like the altcoin days of uh, 2014, but with more charts. And uh, less money, yeah. Less money by stupid people. That's that's the big problem. Because the 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 thing is the the way with Bitcoin is, 
if stupid people won't buy a 12k dollar asset to then change into Ethereum or and then change into whatever ERC20 token random, you know? Yeah, so you think it benefited back then that you could buy, you know, your first Bitcoin for under $1,000 and then go and deploy that into this altcoin landscape? Yeah, yeah, and, and it was pretty straightforward. So you bought the Bitcoin and then you took the Bitcoin to an exchange and then you traded the Bitcoin into a BTC shitcoin pair, you know? Right. So it was like two steps. Now you have to buy the Bitcoin, you have to change the Bitcoin to either move the Bitcoin to like an Ethereum and move the Ethereum to the like, you have to figure out how Uniswap works, which is massively complicated. I don't know. I have no idea how Uniswap <laughs> works. I'm going to admit it. I have no idea. Yeah. I never touch it. I buy the token. Okay, the token, how much is it? $3. I buy it. And now it's like, what, 3.5? Easy 20%. But I have no idea how it works. Right. I looked at the white paper. I'm like scratching my head. I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> this, this is, and if it's too much for me, trust me, it's too much for 95% of the average guy. Right. So that you're making that argument that it's hard for new money to come into that ecosystem. Yeah. Let's jump back to where you were in 2014, 2015. I imagine there were probably new entrants kind of coming in throughout the bear market as people were looking to, you know, re-engage as Bitcoin recovered. Um, it sounds like you never bought into it from the fundamental perspective, but you stuck around. Um, so I guess you were you were winning enough between altcoins and margin trading Bitcoin or was it always kind of a struggle for you? Did you ever have a, a moment where it just kind of clicked and you started to make money on it? No, man, I was always making enough money on it to to survive. Like there is this weird uh, saying on the market that uh, I basically lost everything. I'm, I had. Uh, the, the, the truth is I had $1.5,000. I mean, one one fifteen hundred dollars, and I uh, lived off fifteen hundred dollars for three years. <laughs> so you did okay. So yeah, like you can under understand. Yeah, in the end, I had nothing. But can you live on fifteen hundred dollars for three years? Yeah, so you, um, you walked into the market with $1,500 is what you're saying. And yeah, then yeah. You, and I, you, I traded, lived off of, you traded and you took money out. You traded and you took money out. You traded and you took money out. And you lived off of yeah. it. You were essentially full-time uh, trading Bitcoin and, and altcoins, living off yeah. of whatever profits or whatever you took out of the market. Uh, yeah. and, but then when you exited, when you know the famous tweet and wait for the bounce and short the corn, that's when you essentially – we're gone for good, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this is not working. I'm not sure what I'm missing, but this, um, this. I, I also had some problems. I was getting real fat. You know, I, I, I was not in a happy place. I was like halfway depressed. Uh, some guy uh, bamboozled me out of my Ethereum. I uh, I told the story because I, I had another talk with uh, an interview with uh, what's his name with uh, John Downett, 
And basically, I went into the Ethereum pre-sale, and it didn't go anywhere. And uh, I put a joke tweet, like, oh, I hope I can sell this Ethereum that I bought for, like, uh, 10 cents. And some guy came and like, oh, boy, I'll buy it off you for 10 cents. And I didn't bother doing research on it, you know. And basically, he was like, yeah, but let's do it quick, quick, quick. Let's move, let's move, let's move. And he basically bamboozled me out of my, uh, out of those Ethereum. So by the time I kind of left the market, I was like, psychologically, I wasn't in a good place, you know. Like things were falling apart. Yeah. So by the time that happened, I mean, you, you got, you were trying to sell Ethereum close to the presale price. Yeah. And then you saw it go to ten, twelve dollars on top yeah. of the fact that someone scammed you out of it. So yeah, psychologically, yeah, yeah. that had to be super painful. That was brutal, man. That was brutal. I mean, it, it was that, and it, it was the fact that I couldn't figure out why the market was not going down, and I couldn't figure out. Okay, so let's buy long, but why am I getting uh, margin called? Because I was always buying it too late. So I was, I was like, okay, maybe short it. Okay, not short it. Let's wait. And I was waiting and I was waiting. Okay, well, it's going up. Okay, fine. Let's long it. And when I was like, okay, fine, let's long it. It was still going up. And I was like, oh, I'm safe. And then I will walk away and do something else. And then like four hours or a day, it went like blurp, bread candle. I was like, okay. I bought the top again. So, yeah, it it was a lot of psychological impacts. Of You try to do something and you get punished. So you're trying not to do that anymore. Yeah. So as the market started to come out of where it had based, I mean, it really made an incredible move. There was moves back down to like 200, like almost the lows in mid-2015. But then it was parabolic almost on a daily, you know, if I look at a daily chart from 200 to over 400. And then it had this long consolidation from November 2015 to May 2016. At any point then, as it had come out of the the depths of the bear market, as you had gained some experience in trading altcoins and, you know, trading Bitcoin as well and, Obviously, I mean, like you said, you're talking about some of the painful moments, but you made money. Like you were, you had to have been a profitable trader, uh, despite big cuts throughout that. Did you, did you ever come to this conclusion that like, Hey, maybe there's something real here, or did you just fully convince yourself that this was just all temporary and going away? Nah, I was like, during that time, I was Like, I was a firm believer that the market would go down. And I would go on Twitter and everybody would, like, laugh at me. I was like, well, if everybody's laughing, then it means I'm doing the right thing. Mm. Because, you know, I was always a contrarian. When when people were like, this is going to go down, I would long it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the point, the problem was I was actually listening or talking with actually good traders. Mm. which were like, bro, stop being retarded. This shit is going to go up. Like they were trying to help me somehow, you know? 
So this is they, so this is 2016 where there's this ceiling of like four hundred and fifty dollars, yeah. and yeah, yeah, and they're telling you this is a matter of time before it goes back to the highs, and you're you're yeah, in disbelief yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, it was like no, no, and it was like actually good trades. I mean, people who actually were trading before Bitcoin, you know, if that makes sense. So they were like in into the stock market before it, and they they spotted. Look, this is holding the EMA. This is holding the daily lows. This is not making a lower low on the weekly compared to the whatever. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I was like, and I I tried to believe them, but then in 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 January 2016, there was like this big fat candle from like 450 to like the 300 range. Again, mm-hmm. and I was like, nope, nope, nope. These guys are full of shit. These guys are full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that right now, and it's just this, the type of candle that could absolutely make you lose your belief in the market down 18 Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, well, maybe these guys are right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should stop being an idiot. And then that candle happened, and I was like, fuck it, I'm right. Yeah. And they were like, bro, it, it went 20%. They didn't break the lows of the previous whatever. It didn't break 300, okay? So it's it's still on the MA upwards. But I was like an idiot. And they were like laughing at me. They were trying to help, but they were like doing in a, in a laughing manner, so to speak. You know? Right. So there were two big consolidations. And I'm, I'm saying this because I just, I, you know, you're not the only person that went through this then nor the only person that's going to, you know, there's people going through this now and, and will in the future. It's how markets work. Um, there are two big consolidations with tons of volatility that occurred back then. The The one that you just described, it broke up in May 2016 and then had this huge markup move up to like 750. Obviously now yeah. you have to think, hey, these are my original buy orders now for Bitcoin Seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. We just got back there, and then yeah, and then it dumped to like four hundred and fifty <laughs> yeah. again. I was like, no, no, this this is a shit. But I didn't knew because okay, it went to four fifty, but then it went like in another week, it went like straight to five hundred and fifty, and it always kept a higher a higher low. Yeah. So, but you- I wasn't trading on the weekly man. I was trading on the fifteen minute candle. Yeah, so maybe what I'd like to get out of this is some lessons that people could take from in terms of, especially if they believe in the market. You know, I think one of the things I've learned here that I didn't know about you is throughout this, you didn't really believe in in Bitcoin, which makes it much harder to have some kind of like whatever, this strong hands mentality like a lot of OG Bitcoiners had where they were in it for some fundamental reason. You were in it to trade it. You were in it for the volatility and the ability Uh, to get it I was in it. To, to get the Lambos and the women and the, <laughs> the mansions. I wanted to be the next wolf of, of Wall Street, but yeah, that, that's what I wanted. I was pretty stupid back in the day. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, I sincerely appreciate your, your honesty and just having these conversations with me. If I was in the position, I would be, uh, it would be painful to have, you know, like all of us have had tough times trading at, at times. Like no, no one trades without, you know, their scrapes um, and and walking away from it and then seeing everything that 
you know, especially like your friends that were true believers or whatever, seeing all that come true and go, you know, the, everything goes to the moon and Ethereum goes to $1,400 and you're like, wow, I had however many of these things for 11 cents. Yeah, 10K. Cents. 10K. Yeah. Um, I could have chilled on a yacht. Fucking idiot. That was such an idiot. That was such an idiot. <laughs> so you had, wait, you had, you, you're saying you had $10,000 worth of yeah, Ethereum? I, no, I, I had 10,000. Uh, oh, 10,000 Ethereum. Coins. Yeah. So. Yeah. At the highest price, that was equal to $14 million. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, to be honest, I'm happy I didn't jump off a building. So let's let's go with that. Honestly, I... Uh, I yeah. Um, so <laughs> t- talk to me about... I mean, not to mention, like, you know, the the tweets and like living out your your thoughts on the market and you know calling it on twitter and and talking to other people but just what about the um how did you did you just did you just go away for a while like did you just want to ignore it once you once you said okay i'm done like i i i was in this and it just kept going up and i'm out i'm a i have no coins anymore i'm it's, it's been bad for my mental health and my physical health. I got to get away. Did you yeah. just go? Did you just go back to your normal life? Yeah, yeah. I I got a job, a steady job. I got a house. I got a wife. So I I got into the normal peasant routine, so to speak. <laughs> the the poor people, you know, you know the 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 meme about the generational poverty, like that was me. I came from like the, like a dirt poor family. So that that was the problem. I came from like a, a dirt poor family, so like like I'm from Eastern Europe, you know, yeah. where life here is well pretty poor. Yeah. So basically, I was mega poor, like mega 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 poor, like starving, like going eating a meal a day type of poor. So cri- to- so crypto, despite all of this, changed your life in a good way. For yeah, the yeah. Time so yeah, so like after I. I was in it and I started to, to make some money with the altcoins and don't think it was a lot of money. Like realistically speaking, it, it wasn't even the amount of a nice car, you know? Like, right. But for me, like being, going from starving one meal a day to going into a, a, a supermarket and okay, I want to buy this cheese and that ham and that bread. Right. And I do not give a shit how much any of those three items cost. Right. Like the, the mentality shift for me was was insane. And this made me extremely arrogant. Mm-hmm. So that that because okay, I was dirt poor, now I'm not. Now I can buy how many cheeses I want. <laughs> right. And well you say it in the terms of cheeses, but it's like you know, you're living off of it through, through those years and you say, Okay, well here's one Bitcoin that I can withdraw. And now I've yeah. got five hundred dollars in my bank account or whatever. Yeah, else that and I'm now doing. I have food for a month. Right. And for me, like I said, going from one meal a day to like during my darkest hours to like actually getting fat, if 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 you can imagine that. I mean, for me, it was like a a thing that made me extremely arrogant because oh, I I have the key. I am I am a god, you know. I you was figured like, it out. Yeah, I figured it out. <laughs> like so, like some guys were like driving Lambos and were like, "Bro, like you made some Lambo tire money." Like I I know a guy that 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 
had like a, a Rambo, a Lambo, a luxury car renting business. And I was talking with him and I was like, bro, look, I made like $800 by doing this coin and something, you know? And he was like, oh, so you basically have enough money to buy one of my tires here for my Lambo. Okay, so. <laughs> and I was like so excited and he was like, well, whatever, Lambo tire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So you're in this uh, position, I imagine, towards the end, as you know, Bitcoin goes above 500 and then has these hugely volatile moves, and it's coiled up again at 750. We're getting here close to the time where you, where you, you know, you made the infamous tweet. You're probably dwindling your coin, your stack at this time, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I was dwindling because I, I kept shorting, not by much, but by enough. Right, and but from that five, compared, yeah, from that drop back to like five hundred, and then recovery, yeah, it just went, it just ground up from five fifty to eight hundred bucks, basically. Yeah, yeah, and and basically the the thing is, I, I didn't short it by much, but I had to keep withdrawing money out of the account, so I I didn't make money, I didn't lose that much in the end overall you know right. because i i learned to keep my position small because wait this is not going maybe let's try do smaller positions and what i did i had i had like a system okay i want to put like uh the uh, five btc short for example okay mm-hmm. it was like no half half it so basically whatever position size i came up with initially when I went to introduce it into the OKCoin OK marketplace, I was always halving it. So, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then over so, time, you're taking loss after loss as you're yeah, convinced. So I, yeah, I'm convinced that the, there was something fishy. So, I was already taking steps to, to mitigate the, the losses. But I, I always kept withdrawing to USD because I was living off it. Mm. So back like to the end, I was like, okay, look, I, I had a, a talk with myself and I was like, look, okay, like too much, too much have happened. How much do I still have left? I was like, okay, I have enough money for like uh, four months of living expenses, you know? Right. And I was like, okay, do I try this again? Or do I quit this and and get a job and have four months time while I can find a, a good job, you know? Right. And try to get my life back in order. Like go to the gym, start start losing weight, get in shape again. You know, getting getting back to a winning mindset. And I was like, well, how much more can I make with this? Well, I can make a bit more. But the market isn't going down, and I'm not sure if it goes up. It looks a bit I, like it was getting to like that $1,000 level. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but what if it keeps going down? What if this does a double top at like $1,000? I was like, but then what? Do I short it back again? It, it, too much risk, you know? Yeah. Because when when I when I started it, like another big mistake that I did is I had a job before I came into crypto. So 
I put in a thousand dollars, like fifteen hundred dollars into it in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I made a lot of, I mean, like I said, not a lot of, but enough money like to live off it, pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't need the job anymore. Fuck doing the nine to five stupid grind like everybody else is doing, you know? Right. So I I uh, I quit my job then, and then I started doing full time crypto. And then the way things were back then, it was like, okay, even if this keeps going down, the there were too many risks because I don't really have... Uh, I, I need to keep taking money out of the account. So yeah, I can't make... Like, I can't make... Two thousand dollars a month, so I can keep a thousand, grow the account, and take a thousand out. Like the best I could do was make enough money that I can take it out of the account without uh, diminishing the account. Right. So you're constantly then, battling this idea that I need to make twenty percent this month in order to afford the withdrawal, and at some point that starts dwindling, and then you get to that point towards the end there where you said you had four months that. The you know whatever you'd budget, let's say you budget a thousand dollars that you need to take out every month. You know you got a few thousand dollars left, or at the time, whatever. Yeah, like four or five. Yeah, six yeah. Bitcoin. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, this is not working. Yeah. Like mathematically, it, like I went back into to the accounting days when I was doing, and I put stuff in an Excel, and like started doing the like basic math on it, and I was like, this isn't adding up. So I need to change something. And because like crypto made me like I said, it impacted my physical life, my uh, mental life, you know, my, my relations with everybody around me, because I, I like I said, I, I said I, I was extremely arrogant. Yeah. I, I was like, this, this cannot go on. I mean, this, this is too damaging for me. Like the there were the the risk outweighed the possible returns. And I was like, "F this, I'm out." So I basically cashed out everything and then used that time to get a to get a, a job, and like I said, to get healthy get again, get a wife, get get healthy again, get the winning mindset, get get somewhat fit. Now now I'm a bit fat again, but <laughs> it happens to us, especially it's, in it's, quarantine. Is quarantine, yeah. But like, actually, you know, get the wife, get yeah. some friends, go to a barbecue, talk with people normally, not like I'm some godlike, know it all, crazy person, you know. Yeah. Did you pay any attention to markets as as you saw what happened? No, absolutely not. I I had like this mental problem. Like I couldn't look at a chart. You know, I was getting uh, panic attacks. Wow. So, I mean, that brings us all the way until you, you made that decision. And then you, as you mentioned, you, you basically had to ignore it from then. You'd already had, I mean, more than the Bitcoin stuff. It sounds like based on what Ethereum had already done by the time you were exiting, you already felt the pain of that, which was... Probably yeah, a, yeah. A more that was my a, biggest mistake in my life. I was, I was stupid, and that person, I, I, I think he, I mean, I think somebody said that it's 
some guy on Twitter. I don't know because he was using a fake name when he contacted me back in the day. Yeah. But that guy basically, you know how it basically took advantage of the situation. Right. But that was and, t- that that equated it already by the time you left. That was 10 or 20 yeah. times probably you were ever trading with at any one time. Yeah, yeah. So basically if the general idea is this. If I didn't mess up, you know, the Ethereum was like the once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. So if that opportunity was not taken from me, because uh, that's that's what actually happened. That was like the once in a lifetime. That was like the guy who bought Bitcoin at $10, you know. Right. that that was that was it, you know. But what can you do, man? It 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 is what it is. Do you think you could have held on to it? Yeah, because I, you couldn't trade it, you couldn't put it on a wallet. It was like <laughs> so complicated. So Ethereum like, I didn't was, understand so, it. So I was the, like, okay. Yeah. So from the pre-sale at like ten cents or eleven cents, whatever it was, until it yeah. listed somewhere at ten bucks, like that was it. Like you couldn't do anything in between, right? Yeah, yeah, like I, I couldn't figure out. Like you had to install like Linux or something. Like, I, how do I do this? So I you basically know. could have held you, Ethereum to life-changing money purely by not getting <laughs> not knowing what the fuck to do. Yes. Yeah, because you couldn't. Like it just it just appeared and it was worth something once it finally got listed on exchanges. Exactly. The same way exactly. Exactly. So yeah. the the plan was okay. Let's hold this until it reaches like Bitfinex or or like a major exchange right so let's skip ahead because obviously you went through a ton psychologically and physically like you've mentioned when did you you know when did you feel like you could come look at this stuff again and pay attention again and uh, you know then all of a sudden you showed up and you're like hey guys how's it going you know like what was what was the time frame because you know since then we've had there there have been uh thousands of people that have your same story untold now living the same thing but instead of bitcoin at a thousand it was bitcoin at twenty thousand and down to three three thousand it was just everything times ten right yeah yeah. um so when did you when did you see things again when did you get to a point where you could say like go look at it and you know feel okay reaching out to people that you once knew and 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 you know well bringing your brain space back the thing is look i I got my life in order, and as soon as I got my life in order, where more than it was in a long time, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, no, I need to think about retirement. Like I'm the old guy now. I'm like the I, I'm I'm 32 by the way, but I'm like the old person, you know, like the white hair <laughs> from all the margin trading on 10x. So I'm like, okay, I need to think about retirement. So okay, fine. Let's go look at whatever, and then inevitably you you go you go you get back to crypto again because I kept I keep telling people that if crypto in two thousand and thirteen two thousand fourteen was like the internet during the dot com bubble era, Bitcoin and crypto now is like the internet during the two thousand seven two thousand eight era. Yeah, like when right when uh, YouTube was launched, launched right then when Facebook was launched, like right when Twitter was launched, like back 
right when the web 2.0. Yeah, run. and that connects to me too. About I don't think you know this, but I'm a web developer as well, and we're close to the same age, so those parallels are very familiar to me. And that's honestly what got me interested in crypto when I when I did like 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 I said on the on the tail end of your journey. But it was for those same reasons, you know, thinking of like here's a an asset class that you can gain exposure to. So this time now you say, okay, well, man, crypto is still around and here's this and maybe it's real now. It's not pets.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's real now. And okay. <laughs> well, it's real. It's now I, I always said this Bitcoin has two, two prices, zero or infinity <laughs> so and you, nothing in between. So you feel that way today. Yeah. So back then I was Bitcoin to zero. Now I'm Bitcoin to infinity. Okay. So when did you when did you make that decision and say, hey, let's start getting interested in this again. Let's pay attention. Well, like I said, like a few months ago, during the quarantine era, I started to make plans. And uh, me coming back to Twitter and coming back to crypto had like nothing pain to do with crypto. Like I'm, I like I said plenty of time and I think my Twitter has a lot of uh, politics on it you know I'm not I don't really like where the world is going so I was like well fuck it I'm going I'm gonna step into the Twitter arena well, that was smart so that's <laughs> how I came back to Twitter I'm going to step back into the arena because I I need to to see how this is gonna work out you know because like what happens now in the states, it's uh, it's pretty bad shit crazy, and with the quarantine and with the lockdowns and with what the Chinese are doing, it's it's not cool for the world, you know. And I'm like, okay, if I have to live under a, a global superpower, okay, because when you have like you have a planet, and this planet has like a country that is like the strongest, so the the country which is the strongest usually sends its government form to all the other countries. So if the main country on on earth is a democracy, all the other major countries in the world are democracies. Now, China is pretty strong and is on the, like the, the second place. And China is an author- authoritarian communist country. Well, basically more fascist than communist, but that's debatable. So I'm like, okay, do I want to live under a democracy or do I want to live under an authoritarian state? So that's how I came back to Twitter. I was like, no, man, this, this, we cannot let China win. So that, that's, that's the whole point. And so now you're approaching this more as like a, the, the plan B, you know, the non-state option for money. Um, and it sounds like, I mean, at this point, like, yeah, now, like it, now it's like you now said, it's buying the, a Bitcoin is expensive. Uh, so now you're, I guess, dollar cost averaging as a retirement savings plan, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'm like, okay, if you cannot hold real world assets because real world assets can get torched, real world assets can get bombed, real world assets. I mean, you you might have to flee your country. Like people might not know this, but Romania was under a communist dictatorship yeah. for like 50 years. We know how communist works. We know how gulags work. We've been through them. We've been through like 
you are sitting in home at night and you tell a stupid joke about the dear leader to your uh, family members and uh, early next morning you are on a one way trip to Siberia so this... because somebody heard you wow. yeah so i i i had family that went through this so i know exactly how that works so basically you want to have assets in something that is not tied to a place so if you have money in the bitcoin assuming you, they don't ban bitcoin which or, or that you, said, even if they do you have some access to it or some way out yeah 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 so like i said if if they don't ban bitcoin and if bitcoin doesn't get scammed or rug pulled bitcoin to infinity that's that's the general idea so but you need you need to have money in a way that you can easily and fast convert it to uh, cash and bitcoin with all its flaws that it takes costs money to transact and it's not really useful as a currency as a store of value it's perfect mm. so if you want a store of value into an asset that is deflationary by nature and accessible to almost any civilized place that you can run off to in case you have to like leave your country it's like you you can't get better than that i mean you can't you can travel with like a, a stack of bitcoins you know <laughs> yes, hidden yeah. on a paper wallet you're not hanging you're not like holding a a backpack full of gold or or cash or anything else exactly i mean you, you, if you want to be like totally paranoia level you can like actually memorize your bitcoin wallet uh, pass yeah uh, mnemonic phase or phrase. Send, or have some kind of encrypted key stored somewhere on the internet that you can find from a different location like exactly so basically if you want to go full paranoia you can like travel and have like a, a million bucks waiting for you at the other and honestly end. i think that's a very difficult idea for most westerners to even understand as a as a realistic life scenario but it's something that you you know you've seen in your real life oh i've seen it i've seen it my friend i've so, seen it i've seen it a question in terms of how you got to that point cuz this is a complete shift from wolf of wall street fast money you know get in get out this is garbage was it the influence of you know some of the ogs that you you know you traded with obviously with very different mentalities back then but um people that you traded with, people that you knew, people that you talked to, did their influence rub off on you taking it seriously when you came back? Um, uh, I don't want to say no. Like I do think that uh, some of the OGs, when I think about what they wrote to me back in the day now, they were trying to help me and big shout outs to 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 those who did and they know who they are and I don't want to give any names because well we know it's crypto so yeah yeah let's go with that but big shout out to them uh but the the thing is that changed me was the fact that look life changes and people change and sometimes as you get older you start to value other things in life if that makes any sense so rather than i always say this because if back in the day i was like i do not care 
how I win as long as I win. Mm-hmm. Now I'm more look, like, look, I like to win, but I count my wins mostly in how many people win with me than I win at the expense of them, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm trying to think more of how I can, we can, most of us try to make some some money. And I make a little bit more because, well, that's inevitably how it's going to work rather than how I can rug, pull, scam, whatever. Yeah. You know, the fast money, how, how you can like scam and, and, and get a lot of money at the expense of others. Right. So are and you approaching that, the market this time as a trader or purely as a buy and hold Bitcoin? More of an investor. So I hold some assets that I do not really know how they work, but I read their white paper and they sound promising, <laughs> but I have no idea how the is. they keep going up. So yeah. fingers crossed, they still go up. But I'm more of, okay, look, where will this go in the next year? So let's go, let's make a parallel back to the to the internet. So back in 2008, nobody knew what the hell YouTube is. And now, I, I don't think you can find someone that doesn't know what YouTube is. Right. So if we think about how the technology keeps accelerating and how the tech keeps accelerating and how the processing power keeps accelerating and how the world is uh, more and more connected, assuming World War Four doesn't break out because World War Three already happened, China won it without firing a single shot, you can see all the economies down 30% due to the COVID lockdowns. But assuming World War Four doesn't happen, in 10 years, everybody will know what Bitcoin is. Everybody will have some sort of Bitcoin exposure. So if Bitcoin now is, uh, what is it? 11,000. 11, yeah, 11,565.22 on Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the chart right now. Yeah. And like when everybody knows it, and will have some exposure because remember people always get into something if it's easily getting into bull. So basically if it's easy to get into something, passive investors and people who want to save some money somehow, you know, like those roundup services and look, you can put some money into this for savings, you know, they they will get into and have exposure to Bitcoin. So there are, I saw that there are a bunch of brokers right now that allow you to have exposure to Bitcoin, like eToro or or like cash the, the yeah yeah Cash App. Like the you have the Revolut, which is like that credit card thingy where you can have some exposure to crypto. Right. We you have like a so basically there. They are for the retail, not for the retail, because we are all retail. We're not like investment right. funds here. We don't sling millions of but dollars. The noob, the noob retail. Yeah, the guy who like has a 
nine to five, doesn't know what to do, is clueless about economics in general, and at least has the right idea that, okay, maybe it's time to save some money because most people are idiots and actually don't save any money and rather just credit card everything. We, we, the, the world is in a stupid place when you can just credit card all your expenses on zero interest and you don't have to save money f- for anything from like a fridge or a TV all the way up to a car. You can just buy everything with credit. Like this is retarded and this, this is n- not a sustainable approach. I mean, it is, but the, the value of the, the purchasing power of the, of the it, currency will go to shit. It feeds into your argument for Bitcoin or other hard assets. Yeah, yeah, it feeds into, okay, into the argument. And I was like, okay, maybe try to buy gold. But the problem with gold is that 95% of all the gold that is traded doesn't really exist. So they're ETFs. Yeah, it's ETFs, it's CFDs, it's whatever. So you're not actually trading gold. You're trading something on a derivative on the price of gold, which basically doesn't mean anything because you still get paid in USD or whatever. So you don't, you you can't take that IOU paper to to like the to get your gold out of it. You know, if that makes many sense so there is that and this is the problem that bitcoin also starts to have like you have most of the money right now in in bitcoin is not actually in the bitcoin so it's it's in all the futures the move contracts the perpetuals the leveraged bear bull whatever you know so it's it's not into the asset itself, but it's in all the derivatives of the asset. Yeah, so and you until can, you pull it out of the margin exchange, then you don't feel like it's yours yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the, the, this is why the the volume of Bitcoin is on the exchanges is not increasing with the price because most of the volume. Is has been taken by all of these derivatives. Like I, I said this once, and I still have my opinion. If you could not trade derivatives, futures, move contracts, perpetuals, whatever, you can only buy or sell Bitcoin. Bitcoin now would have been a million dollars, a million dollars, uh, dollars a coin. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people blamed uh, the launch of CME, and CME is actually. Uh, paper settled, so it's you know like the the, the paper gold ETS. Uh, you don't. Yeah. There's no underlying Bitcoin of those, and that marked the top at the end of 2017. After that cycle, so I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of people that, or at least some people that will share that that opinion with you. And we've definitely seen just the pure ability to um, to play swaps and things on on high leverage yeah. certainly. Uh, it gives people more willingness to play Bitcoin in both directions. And even though it was possible, like, like I mean, you got your, you, you earned your scrapes on, on the short side of Bitcoin. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's evolved but, beyond what the market, what the derivatives market looked like back in 2015, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is, that, so this is like the weird problem to have. Like Bitcoin now is too high. And basically, since it's too high, the price, I mean. It's mm-hmm. too high. 
one Bitcoin now costs more than uh, a car. Right. Well, not a good car, but a, a car. A, a car. Okay, let's go. Let's go with a car, a, a decent car. Okay, so the retail trader is not gonna go to the exchange and buy a Bitcoin. Right. So what? What the retail trader or the guy that doesn't really know what the hell to do, he's gonna go and. Like I said, use the cash app or the whatever else services, you know, and buy some Bitcoin. But he won't know that he bought Bitcoin. He knows that he bought a certain amount of dollars. He bought $100 of Bitcoin. Exactly, exactly. So he won't know how much that would actually represent, like 0.0000 whatever. Because people have like this inbuilt anger towards fractions yeah. and towards decimals you know like they don't they don't they want round numbers okay so they want one and they want two they don't want 1.532155 whatever you know they, right. they don't want that so the the thing is with the price being so high like let's say a retail guy hears about bitcoin and wants to have a bitcoin because he doesn't know what that he can buy half a Bitcoin. Okay, so he wants, he thinks this is a stock because this is what most people will think. Okay, this is I a stock. I can't afford a Bitcoin, so I'll buy 100 XRPs. Yeah, he's going to go and he's going to look at this change. He's going like, to go, I want to buy a Bitcoin. And he goes like, how much is a Bitcoin? And he sees this price. <laughs> Do you think he's going to buy a Bitcoin? No, he's going to go buy some stock. A stock or an altcoin or... She's not going to buy an altcoin. You don't think so? <coughs> No, no. So you don't think altcoins will carry the narrative again that it's no. there's a path no. towards? No, 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 no. The, the only thing altcoins exist is to make more Bitcoin. And that's it. Yeah, People but, alt, get it. but altcoins are more accessible than they ever were before. On the same, you go to Robinhood or or something like that, and right next to Bitcoin, you can see Ethereum or whatever, and you can buy one of those for uh, whatever three three hundred $380. <laughs> uh, so they see that next to it, and they're like, well, I can afford $380. That's, you know, that's the price of a stock, but I, I can't afford Bitcoin. Yeah, but that, does he know what to do with the Ethereum? If he searches Ethereum, and then he searches Bitcoin. Which one do you think will get more results mm. in Google? Uh, Bitcoin, but there's – I think there's more <laughs> around Ethereum than there ever was before. Uh, I know, but that the, the, the collective mind is crypto is Bitcoin. Like for the average Joe, when you tell him – like I tell people about crypto – and they say, oh, you mean you Bitcoin. Mean, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I mean crypto, which is different. Oh, you mean Bitcoin. No, no, no. You know, there is more than one coin. Oh, there is? Yeah. So what we saw, I think what, what caused the market to do what it did after you left was actually people saying, well, what's going to do this next, you know? Um, and that, that sparked a lot of the altcoin stuff. And I, I still think you're... I think you're right in some ways. Like I, th I just think there's this divergence. Some people are going to say, "Oh, Bitcoin," and that's what I'll stick with. And some people are going to say, "What's gonna, what's next?" Like they want to take that risk profile up a notch and 
and they they will go down that route, no matter what the monetary stuff is behind it. Like you said, most people aren't going to understand it anyway. So they see one that's priced for a dollar, one for three hundred dollars, and one for ten thousand dollars. They're going to buy more of the ones that are a dollar or three hundred dollars, no matter what, because they're they can afford it. And they're like, maybe it'll go to ten thousand, like Bitcoin did. And I think that drove a lot of what we saw in twenty seventeen, um, and even through the, through the yes, bear and that. That would be true if you can easily buy it. Look, I I have I really don't know much, but the the thing I know is this entire DeFi stuff. So to buy DeFi uh, tokens, you have to go through an exchange. You can you like I I don't see a broker where you can actually buy I don't know Uniswap. Well, you can buy them, you can buy them off of exchanges just like most of the others it's just yes so you have to go to an exchange that's the thing you have to go to an exchange you cannot buy them from like an eToro broker or like I see, Revolut. What you, I, see what, I see what you mean you you can't buy it off of a stock uh, off of a stock broker like in the same place you can if you there's like robin hood and some of the others i think those will come um but yes, if you have to go to a Coinbase or a Bitstamp or something like that, then it's a little harder. Exactly, and and Bitstamp doesn't even offer you like half the altcoins. Right, but more and more, more and more people are are, are just buying their Bitcoin exposure directly off of the same place they buy their stocks from. I see what you mean now. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. That Bitcoin has this built-in quantitative easing. People want to have exposure to Bitcoin. They drop 500 bucks into Bitcoin and they leave it alone. And this is like if enough people do this, this is like quantitative easing for Bitcoin. But when it comes to alts, you need to have somebody that has an urge, like an active urge to, okay, I need to go to X exchange, I need to take my credit card, I need to buy USDT or Tezos or whatever the currency market DAO, whatever. You know, so to have one-to-one with the USD and then I'm going to take that money and I'm going to buy Uni. Yeah. Or Ave or Sol or Srm or whatever. I totally, I see what you're saying. I think the I think that people like me came in as finally being willing to do that. Now it's still a young it was still a young person's game. Like not many people in their fifties and sixties are going to go buy that unless it's at their whatever Ameritrade or Charles Schwab or whatever account. Exactly. But that was what the big that was the big shift that occurred in 2017, and I experienced this firsthand myself, and then. Throughout the year, as Bitcoin went more and more parabolic, more people came to me because they knew that I got into Bitcoin and they're like, hey, how do I do this? Or how do you know, where do I go? What do I do? And then they did it. What I think, though, was there was a there's now a hangover. The people that went through the same thing that 
uh, many of us do is, you know, we buy into a huge pump and then we have to live through the bear market in some capacity. Exactly. So now the time before they can, can be convinced like, oh, yeah, right, I'm going to go log into my Coinbase account and buy more of this thing. Screw that. I just, you know, I just, <laughs> yeah. I just lost thousands of dollars FOMOing into that in 2017. Like, yeah, I think so. that that process is what takes a ton of time. And maybe we're finally getting to the point where some people would be willing to take those risks again. No. But m- most are not paying attention yet. I think, and no. I, I'm curious your, imp- your your thoughts on this. I think it has to be breaching the all-time high again, going for that price discovery before people are willing to make that jump again. Well, you start to see my point. So look, the way I see it is this. Bitcoin was $100. Nobody gave a, yeah. a hoots about it. Bitcoin went to a thousand dollars. It was on CNBC, CNN, you name it. You <laughs> yeah. name it, they had it. Right. Everybody jumped in. They saw the altcoin market. It was pretty cool. They jumped into the altcoin market. They got scammed. They got ripped off. They got drug pulled. They lost all their money to some sharks. Now those sharks went to the big exchanges. To, to leverage that uh, all those bitcoins into USD and they got taken to the cleaners by the professional traders which then started pushing the price up because you, you don't need that much to push bitcoin price honestly I mean I was in some rooms with some guys when bitcoin was like 500 and they were like mm, let's push this $20 higher margin call some noobs you know <laughs> And like there was like an actual guy that was like, okay, I'm gonna set my bot to take this pro- take Bitcoin twenty dollar higher, and was like, okay. So if there were guys that could do that back then, there are guys who can do that today. So they're in a different room. They they don't sit on Telegram. They sit in their <laughs> private country club, sipping martinos, <laughs> having cigars, and telling like their intern, okay, now you have to set the bot to go. Like everybody's long, yeah, okay, now, John, John, can you make the bot go? <laughs> you know, that that's the only thing that's different. It's not some guy sitting on Telegram or Discord or whatever, Mirk. You know, it's some guy sitting in a country club with his mates doing the same thing. But that's besides the point. Yeah. The thing is, you have a big boom. Everybody talks about it. Everybody jumps in. They see that they don't make money into into Bitcoin, and they have a welcome ecosystem. That's okay. You can make money there, but you could make money here. So the way the way it goes, it went into 2014, 2015 was the altcoin exchanges were right next to the Bitcoin exchanges. Now the problem with what happens now is that. There aren't that many people that in that are in right right now. The only people that are in are people who are still alive after they bought the 20k Bitcoin. Which you know what happened to them? They got cleaned up in, during this altcoin season when you had coins going from 10 cents to four dollars to 20 cents. Now, I mean, I I look at the, most of the DeFi. Oh, Bitcoin goes up. Oh, Bitcoin goes up a lot. Bitcoin went up a hundred bucks right now. Yeah, it did. Like it was. They were just. They they just heard you talking. (laughs) The bot. The bot is on. (laughs) (laughs) So, do you think? uh, 
it sounds like you think the cycle will essentially be the same, right? Yeah, the well, cycle is the same. The cycle is the same. So right now, everybody that still had any sort of money got taken to the cleaners on the DeFi stuff. Most of them are scams. Some of them are not scams, but all of them pumped to 10, 20, 30 times their... I mean, look look at look at Uniswap, okay? Like, I have a chart here on Uniswap. You just click on, like, let's not use the perpetuum. Let's do, like, UniUSD, whatever. Yep. So, like, if you open UniUSD and you switch it to, like, a daily chart or something, like, it was cheap, then it went to, like, $8, and then it went back to, like, $2. Yeah, people that got that airdrops that uh for free their yeah. airdrop was worth like three thousand dollars which you know like you said that three thousand dollars is a lot of money for anybody but it's a lot yeah. of money for some people um, yeah and but like look at look at like all all of the all look look for example ave for example oh or, yeah that went nuts yeah, Ave went nuts. I mean, if you look at on Binance, because Binance has it a better chart for it. So if you look on Ave, for example, well, you don't see it now because they changed, but it was like basically worth one cent, not even one cent, uh, 0.001 cents. So like a tenth of a cent. And then it went to like 80 cents. And then it dropped down to like 30 cents. Look at, I don't know. I mean, you can look at almost any DeFi project. It was like, especially those that were launched like in 2017 or something. Yeah. Like they like they li- were... Link or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I that's know, a good... I, I, I'm with you and I know what you mean. And um, I don't want to keep you too much longer but it sounds like you do think that the cycle just repeats itself over time, and I don't, I don't disagree for the most part. However, of course, just like you had in, in, in other sense, there are opportunities to make more money, to make more Bitcoin during that. I want to finish with a question just out of curiosity. Um, do you believe that you can play the short side of Bitcoin again? Or are you, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not shorting this. I'm just, okay, I hit the prices too high. I will sell my Bitcoin into cash, but I will not short it. Gotcha. So you're a, a long only trader now. And I, no, and a, no. a mar, are you a mar, are you willing to margin trade or is, have you gotten on any- Bitcoin? No, no. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. It's it it uh, it's too risky. Look, right now you you saw that candle that moved a hundred dollars mm-hmm. into one direction. If you were on any sort of crazy leverage, like ten x, twenty x, twenty x, fifty x, a hundred x, because the, the the higher the price is, the higher the leverage can be. So you most exchanges now allow you to go. Like for for futures, you can go 50x or 100x. So that candle just margin called somebody. So if some guy was short there on 100x, he just got margin called. Right. You don't play this. You don't play this on margin. You don't play this on crazy margin. Oh, you want to go 2x? Well, that's a different story. 2x. 2x, maybe 3x, maybe, if you want to, 
if you want to trade with the trend, go 3x long on it. But I wouldn't. I, I personally wouldn't. There, there is more money to be made by trading uh, DeFi coins, which can go 50x rather than trade 50x leverage on Bitcoin, which can which go and go $100 and margin call you right. one way or another. I want to give you an opportunity before we leave. I think you told a powerful story in terms of, um, you know, most would would look at, you know, the infamous meme tweet, whatever, um, as like the the final bad thing. You had already been through the worst part of your journey, though, when, when that happened. And you getting out and gaining your headspace was the best thing that it sounds like you did. And now that you have come back, you're in a much healthier headspace in terms of what your life is like, the way you pay attention to the chart, the way you trade. Yeah. Somebody somebody listening to this probably has recently gone through something like you just said. You know, they they stood through a 90% drawdown while they were long a DeFi coin and they were all in or they got liquidated over and over again trying to margin trade or whatever else. What advice Look. what advice would you leave someone with who feels like they're not in a good place from the way that they're addressing crypto and, and trading and, and life. What advice do you have for them? Where do you leave them? The advice is, is simple. So there are a few steps you can do. First, do not trade what you eat or what you rent. So don't trade your next month's food or don't trade your next month's uh, rent. This is too much stress on your on your. If you do this, get a job. Don't try to make it. You won't. The the added stress of trying to always make money and you will always be forced into trades that you don't do not want to take. And if you trade trades that you do not want to trade, you will lose more than you will gain. So don't do it. If if you if you have to live off trading money, don't do it. Next month trading tra- trading money, don't do it. Just get a job. Get fit. This is the most important. Go for a run, half an hour a day of running. Trust me, it will do you miracles. And you can take that to the bank. You also won't die of cancer or diabetes or like whatever else disease. You you don't need to do much more. Just go and run half an hour a day. And and of course, the obligatory, don't do drugs, don't drink too much, don't, uh, do, you know, all those crazy things. Don't like, try to uh, adjust your your mood that you get in. If you get into a bad place, don't try to uh, fix it with things that put you under the influence. Yes, yes, I'm 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 totally against drugs. Uh, I don't know. Some people might be very might like them a lot. I'm I'm, I'm like against them. I smoked some weed back in the day. It wasn't <laughs> a big deal, but like. You know, in crypto, there is this entire cocaine, cocaine, cocaine. You know, like don't don't do drugs, people. It's not worth it. And like I said, don't over leverage. Don't try to make your money back. Just make a plan, trade. Don't follow twenty indicators. Look, this is the best advice. After those other two, don't use twenty indicators. Just switch your chart to one week, and if the coin is just launched and you don't have one one week switch to one day or to four hours 
look where you have two candles, a green and a red one next to it, that are pretty big. That's a pivot. That's a, a place that can either act as support or resistance. That's your that's a place to enter or exit a trade. Switch to higher time frames and just trade support and resistance and a trend line. Just draw lines. Draw lines and look at support and is and that's all you need to do. You don't need any other fancy indicators. And always trade trade with the trend. If you don't know where the trend is, put a 100 DMA on it. Switch to four hours or daily and always trade into that direction. If it's choppy, don't trade it. Just sit on S. Hands on S. Like you say, don't do anything. Just walk away. Walk away, come back when it's moving someplace. Don't be afraid to take a break. Yeah, don't be afraid to take a break. Like if you get chopped, don't trade it. It's not worth it. You 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 don't need to make. You don't need to to always win. You just need to to win more than you lose, and you need to minimize risk. the 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 number one rule to making money is not losing money. So careful on the position sizing and careful on the maximum drawdown. And if you're unsure of something, don't leverage in it. So, okay, this might go, this might not, I'm going to tamex it. No, just scale into positions. Dollar cost averaging works. Is it it safe to say also don't marry your your position or your your bias? No, don't, don't. Like if you see things going in a different place, just evaluate if it keeps going. Just look at the 100 DMA. Where is it? Is the price on higher than one, the 100 DMA? Then you need to be bullish. Whatever yeah. your bias may be, you need that's your bias, the 100 DMA. Put that on a chart, trade that. Right, right now, all DMAs are going up. So you need to be a bull. Ashray, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you coming on and being honest and telling your story. Uh, People can find you on Twitter at Lord underscore Ashdrake, and I'll link that up in the show notes. And I appreciate you being here, and I know that this helped someone else. Uh, So thanks so much for that. Also, thanks so much to our sponsor, Matcha. Go to ledgerstatus.com slash Matcha, M-A-T-C-H-A. They aggregate Uh, liquidity providers and make trading on a dex much simpler it's a great tool appreciate everybody being here if you enjoyed this uh, let me know we don't do a lot of interviews on ledgercast and we're looking to do more if you have a great story to tell we want to help you tell it and if you didn't enjoy it just message me on twitter and send all your complaints to me i promise send all your complaints to asterisk he he will yes he will hear them all right yeah I, i will respond in kind Sounds good. Thanks so much. We will uh, catch everybody next episode. Have a great one. Peace. Monuments crumble.